1: Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane, dumps it out the horse, packs for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway, got me step back and kiss myself! Oh my and MVP gosh, time
0: When City Assassin does it again! All aboard the newest roller coaster in Chicagoland. It's at the United Center, and it's called the 2021 Chicago Bulls. I really don't know what to make of this team. I mean, last week I'm out here talking about the worst loss of the year to the worst team in the NBA to the best win of the year over Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Boston Celtics. I mean, this team is all over the place, and the fact that they did that without their best player, and they will be without their best player for a long stretch I really don't know what to make of this Bulls team. Welcome in, everybody, to Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. Yeah, this season's been interesting, to say the least. I mean, I went out here talking about, at the beginning of the year, how the Bulls were a playoff team, and then I backed off of that last week after they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then Zach Levine, as reported in the Chicago Sun-Times first, tested positive for COVID-19, and he's out in health and safety protocols Then the Bulls turn around and beat the Celtics on Monday. I really, I don't know what to make right now. I mean, I keep, I'm advocating for a tank, but at the same time, maybe they can make the playoffs. I'm going to dive into every angle imaginable about this team in this next 15, 20 minutes or so, however long I decide to go. Let's start with the big news of the week. I mean, we have to start there. Zach Levine, obviously, in health and safety protocols. He has missed three games since being put into the protocols on April 15th. That number could get as high as eight games missed if he's on the back end of the 10-14 to day period he'll have to miss. And the question has come up whether the Bulls are better off without Zach Levine. I know Joe Cowley at the Sun-Times is not exactly in favor of a Zach Levine max extension after this year. And he reasonably asked the question if the Bulls are better without him because in the last two games the Bulls have held... Cleveland and Boston to 96 points each and I mean that's a big deal for a team that struggles on defense but even Billy Donovan was quick to say this team is way better with Zach I mean mainly especially on the offensive end because Zach's defense is not great I mean I think that's even kind of overstating a little bit like he's not a good defender the metrics show it you see it in games but either way he's your best player he's your number one guy right now you need him out on that court. And I know they've looked decent the last couple of games after they had a team meeting after losing to Orlando, 115-106. The last game with Zach in the lineup. They lost to Memphis, 126-115. Bounced back to beat Cleveland, 106-96. And beat Boston on Monday, 102-96. Bulls have a rematch with Cleveland tonight, Wednesday night at 6 p.m. That game will be on NBC Sports Chicago. It's going to be a better game, I hope, for the Bulls. I hope they can do what they did last week against Cleveland and extend this winning streak to three. But now the question, Zach's in, health and safety protocols. Cowley reported that he's positive for COVID. What do the Bulls do now? Do they keep trying for that play-in spot? I think the playoffs are out of the equation now. I think they have played themselves out of the playoffs, even looking at the NBA standings. The Bulls are currently tied for 10th in the Eastern Conference with Washington, and I want to say the Bulls would win the tiebreaker. I'm not sure how all of that works with tiebreaker scenarios for the play-in tournament. But they're in a precarious spot right now because Washington's breathing down their necks. Toronto is a half game back of both of them. And to get to the sixth spot, the Bulls have to make up six and a half games in order to get to the sixth spot in the standing. So I think the playoffs are kind of out of reach at this point. Now it's a matter of do you want to get in the play-in tournament Or do you tank and try to keep your first-round pick? See, tanking is a word I have been trying to avoid using all year with this Bulls team. Because I've said from the get-go, on paper, this is a playoff team. And I think it's because they play in the Eastern Conference. They could be the sixth seed in the East, or at least in a normal year, they'd be the eighth seed. That's what I said at the beginning of the year. I stand by that. This should be a playoff team, but it's not. Now, you're in that spot. You're tied for the 10th spot, half game ahead of Toronto. So you've got two teams breathing down your neck. You're without your best player. Granted, you now have an all-star in Nikola Vucevic in the lineup, which I don't want to think about where the Bulls would be if they didn't trade for Nikola Vucevic right now because I think we'd be in panic mode, just tank, lose every game the rest of the year, and hope you get your top four pick in the lottery. But now you have some hope for the play-in tournament. If that's the route Arturis Karnashovas and Mark Eversley want to go, My attitude is, tank and try to get a top four pick. Why am I so hung up on a top four pick? Because with that Vucevic trade, the Bulls traded their first round pick. However, they keep that pick if it's in the top four. So if it's five through 30 in that first round, the the pick goes to Orlando. If it's one through four, the Bulls pick. Now, you can't bank on luck. I know that. I understand that. You can't. Have your game plan for the rest of the year be, okay, we're going to tank, we're going to lose as many as we can, and pray to God that we get a pick in the top four. You cannot build a game plan on luck. So you have to have contingency plans in place of, okay, we're going to tank. If we get the top four, great. That's going to keep us on a better track. If we don't get in the top four, we're going to continue with our plan to burn it all down after this year. Because that's what I think AK and Mark Eversley need to do, is just burn it down after this year. You've seen what the players can do, what these guys who are there under guard packs can do. You saw some hints of what the future could look like at the trade deadline. I mean, Chandler Hutchison, gone. Wendell Carter, gone. Luke Cornette, praise God, is gone. I mean, you got got Otto Porter Jr. is gone. That's a start. Now you have to start looking for the Lowry Marketins. and hopefully the Cristiano Felicios and maybe the Denzel Valentines and Some of the guys that AK and Eversley aren't exactly sold on, I think you're going to see them clean house, and I think you're going to see them bring in some of their own guys and guys they think more highly of than the guys on this roster. There are three guys on here right now I would deem untouchable from anybody in the league, no matter what. Zach Levine, who I hope they sign to a max extension. More on that in a second. Nikola Vucevic, who obviously you just traded a bunch of capital for, and Patrick Williams, your first pick as a front office. Those are the three untouchables. Larry Markkinen's on the table. I think Thad Young needs to be on the table. I know not this year. This year I was hoping he'd stick through the trade deadline, and he did. Going into next year, Thad Young can be on the table. Tomas Sadaransky can be on the table. I mean, any of these guys need to be in trade discussions, especially when you're tanking like that. And I think they really should go the tank route just because you can get a top four pick in this loaded draft. I mean, if you get lucky and get the number one pick, you get Cade Cunningham. You've also got Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and even some G League guys like Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga. You've got names for the top four picks. So you're not going to have someone like Patrick Williams end up in the top four. When I say someone like Patrick Williams, I mean someone that was kind of unknown I feel like if there was an NCAA tournament last year, you'd have heard more about Patrick Williams, but you won't have any of those unknown guys. You'll have names. I mean, you heard Cunningham, Suggs, Mobley, Green. I mean, any one of those guys would be great fits on this team. This is a deeper draft. Last year, you had Wiseman, you had Ball, you had Edwards. After that, anybody could have gone in that first round. This year, it's deep. You won't have a bad pick. In the first half of the first round. That's why if you have that top four pick. That's going to give you much more of a competitive advantage. From a development standpoint. Because you're going to have some of those guys. Who you can maybe build around for the future. Now if you don't get in the top four. Maybe you can trade up in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised. With some of the pieces on the roster. If the Bulls traded up. And maybe I wouldn't sacrifice necessarily the second round pick. But you never know. I mean this front office has shown they're being aggressive. I mean, who could have seen the Nikola Vucevic trade coming? I know a couple people say they predicted it on their podcast, but who reasonably expected Karnaschobis and Eversley to pull off a trade for Nikola Vucevic and unload Otto Porter's contract? Seriously, I want to know who accurately predicted that, who said this was going to happen. This isn't John Paxson and Garth Foreman who are going to go the path of least resistance This is an aggressive front office who is set out to win. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls maybe traded up in the draft if they didn't end up in that top four. Now, scenario number two to this whole thing. The Bulls find a way to make the play-in tournament. And the reasoning for this could be it's good experience, but again, the downside to this is you lose your first-round pick. You have no hope of being in the top four because you won't be in the lottery. So there's an upside and the downside. But again, this would be good experience because a play-in is not the playoffs. But then again, from a front office standpoint, if you want to win, experience is experience, whether it be very little or a lot from maybe a deep playoff run. And who knows? You could win the play-in game and get into the playoffs. I mean, you never know. It's the NBA. You've seen what can happen. The Bulls run from losing to the worst team in the league in Minnesota, to beating Boston. Granted, Boston was short-handed. They didn't have Kemba Walker, among others, but they still had Tatum and Brown. The Bulls still beat them and held them under 100 points. You never know in this league. And again, I keep saying, you can't bank on luck, which is why I wouldn't rule out fighting for the play-in tournament as a possibility. Because if you tank, you would, in a way, be banking on luck. But again, you'll have your game plan in place of how you're going to tear the roster down and bring in your guys and still win now. Build around Levine and Vucevic and Williams. Those are the three pieces you build around, and you go from there. The needs, no matter what they decide to do, whether they tank or go for the play-in in the playoffs, the needs stay the same. You need a point guard. I'm still going to call for Lonzo Ball. I'm going to be saying it on every show until it finally happens. Whether it be, I think it's gonna be through a sign and trade, honestly, because he's a restricted free agent. I think you you need a point guard. Lonzo ball fits the mold perfectly. And even even if not, you even if it's not Lonzo, you need a point guard. Tomas Sadaransky is a good backup point guard. He cannot start game in, game out for you. That's need number one. Maybe some defense help like a rim protector if you can't bring Daniel Tice back. I didn't think the Bulls would have cap space to bring back Daniel Tice. And I read an interview Billy Donovan did after one of the games where they brought up maybe keeping Tice around long-term, which was a surprise to me because I didn't think they had the space to do it. I'd be all for that. I'm a big Daniel Tice fan. I think he's been a great addition off the bench. I think he'd start on almost any other team in the league. Having him come off the bench for defensive help and even what he does on offense, he's filled in in the starting lineup since Levine went out in the new look starting lineup And I think he looks really good. I think that's going to be the more underrated trade that Karnaschovas and Eversley made at the deadline. Vucevic is going to get all the attention, and deservedly so. The guy was an all-star this year. But Daniel Tice has been an awesome addition, and I think if you can keep him around long term, do it. But if you can't get him, you need help on defense. Get a Zach extension done, get a Supermax extension done, or a Max extension, whatever he's up for. Pay the man. I think he's earned it. I know there was a report this week that there was talk of him going to unrestricted free agency, but I don't buy that yet. I'm not ready to say that. I mean, I got to see it from a few more places first. But that needs to be a priority and the depth. I mean, the depth has to be key. I mean, I think Lowry Marketing is good as gone after this year. That's going to hurt your depth. I think Denzel Valentine needs to go. If you're going to burn down this roster, you need to bring in Guys who can come off the bench and provide that depth you need if you want to compete for a playoff spot in this Eastern Conference. And hopefully next year's back to normal. I'm not really a big fan of the play-in tournament and everything. I mean, maybe I'll have to see it. I mean, if it's a good play-in tournament, I'll eat my words here. But as we sit here right now, I hope we get back next year to the eight teams in the playoffs and we can talk about the eight seed making the playoffs instead of talking about, oh, the nine or ten seed maybe making the play-in tournament. That's just me. But I'm expecting that we'll be talking about that next year, which would probably help kind of show what our playoff expectations should be for this Bulls team. But for right now, we have to talk about whether you're the nine seed or the 10th seed. And right now, they're tied for the 10th spot. And I think they'd win the tiebreaker. I'm pretty confident in that. So right now, they'd be the 10th seed if the season ended today. But again, if you tank and your lottery odds get that much higher and you can get a guy like you, I don't think they'll be the number one pick. If you can get a Jalen Suggs or an Evan Mobley or a Jalen Green, one of those guys, that's a really good player to have on your roster. I'm a big Jalen Suggs fan. I mean, also he went to Gonzaga and there I have a soft spot in my heart for Gonzaga because I went to Loyola Chicago Jesuit school and, you know, Gonzaga's a Jesuit school. I always root for the Jesuits. But I'm a big Jalen Suggs fan, even more than I am a Cade Cunningham fan. I still think Cunningham goes number one overall. But I still think Jalen Suggs is a really, really good player, and I'd love to have him on my favorite team. So he'd be my guy if the Bulls can sneak into the 1-4 through picks in the draft and keep their pick in the first round. If they don't have a first-round pick, I'd hope Karnaschobis trades up, maybe mid-first round, and draft a guy like Io I still think Io would be a good fit in the NBA, and I know I've talked to people who aren't exactly sure about his fit, but I've watched a lot. Of IODISUMU this year. I watched a lot of Illinois basketball. I'm from central Illinois, born and raised. I'm a bartender back home three days a week. I work with a lot of Illinois fans when they come in. They're always talking about Illinois basketball. I watch games all year. IODISUMU is going to be a really good player in this league someday. I think he's going to be one of those sleeper picks in the first round because he's a first rounder. I know there are people, I talked to people on my live radio show on WOUW at Loyola on Sundays. And some people were saying, oh, he's an NBA reserve. Maybe to start, but he's going to develop into a really, really good player. And I think if the Bulls can trade up, if he's there, maybe take him. And I think it's just going to depend on how aggressive Karnaschovas and Eversley want to be. That's all I have on this, but I do want to address some news that came out from a press conference from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot this week. Uh, She said just yesterday, Tuesday, April 20th, That, quote, I expect before season's end, there will be fans in the United Center. That's from the mayor of the city of Chicago. The Bulls are the only team in the NBA that are not allowing fans in the arena. Granted, COVID numbers are up in Illinois. It looks like they're starting to stabilize a little bit. Obviously, vaccinations are up in the state. But nonetheless, the Bulls are the only team in the league that doesn't have any fans in the stadium. But, to say this now, I mean, here we are, I'm recording this April 21st. It's coming up on 4.30 in the afternoon Central Time. Let's look at how many we have left. How many home games do the Bulls have left on this schedule? So we're saying this now. By my count, we have seven home games left for the Bulls. Seven games. Now, She said by season's end. This isn't happening immediately. I do not expect this to happen immediately. The next home game after this announcement is coming up Thursday, which is tomorrow, April 22nd, against Charlotte. And then the next home game after that isn't until April 30th. And maybe it'd be in there somewhere. Maybe we'd have to wait until May. But even then, there'd be five home games left to attend. Now, I'm not usually one to stick my nose into COVID protocols because I know they're based on science and everything. I mean, yeah, does it suck that every other team in the league is allowing at least some fans in games and the Bulls aren't? Yeah. But at the same time, you've gone all year without fans. And I trust me, I want to get to a Bulls game as much as the next guy. But if the city hasn't allowed it all year, can you imagine the mad dash for tickets with five games left and you're going to have, I'm going to ballpark it at 20% capacity? It just seems like too little too late for anyone who wants to go watch this team play. And maybe if, it's, if there's a playoff push, maybe I could see it. But again, you've gone this far. And I want to see fans back at the UC really bad. I, I'm, I have full confidence that we'll be able to take in a game next year next season. But right now, you've gone through almost your entire home schedule without fans. Why now? Like, I just want to know why now to do it. But that's just me. Again, I'm not the one making the calls. I'm so glad I'm not the one making the calls on these COVID restrictions. Like I said, I want to get to a game, any game, as much as the next guy. I mean, I'm trying to get some Cubs or White Sox tickets or even Cardinals tickets because I live kind of in the middle. I can go to St. Louis too. I mean, I want to get to a baseball game. I'd love to go watch a basketball game, but with five games left, it's like, why now? If you were going to do this, why not do this earlier? Again, just my two cents, but I had to bring that up because it sounds like we could have fans back in the stands at the UC soon. And I know the Blackhawks only have seven home games left too. So it's like, it just seems like too little too late on the surface. Uh, Before I wrap up, got to walk you through the upcoming schedule as we do after every show. Obviously tonight, Wednesday, Bulls-Cavs, 6 p.m. tip-off at Cleveland at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I still call it the Q, Quicken Loans Arena, but Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and then a second half of a back-to-back on Thursday at 8 o'clock against Charlotte back at the United Center. And then after that, the Bulls go to Miami to American Airlines Arena to take on the Heat. And then next Monday, April 26th, the second game against the Heat, And then next Wednesday, the next day I record this show and the next episode drops, the Bulls head to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks at 6.30. That game was supposed to be on ESPN, but it will not be anymore. They have moved that game off of ESPN in favor of Lakers-Wizards. I'm really not too distraught about that, but it's just one programming note I wanted to throw out there. That is it for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the show. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We've had a good amount of downloads this month. I thank all of you for your support. Please keep listening. Please subscribe. Please review. I promise I read them. I will talk to you right back here next week on the pod. Have an awesome week, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts